Welcome to Crossroad International Church, where it's all about Jesus. If you are in Kuwait and looking for a church to call home, we would love the opportunity to welcome you at one of our Friday services. Now, here's this week's message. I know that wasn't on the schedule, but the Bible says be instant in season and out of season. <laughs> so today is the last message in the series that we've been doing over the summer called well, Balanced Spiritual Growth. So over the last two months, we've talked about loving the family of God, obeying the word of God, bringing in the harvest, making a difference in our world, be still and know God. Hearing God's voice, be still and pray. And then last week we talked about what do you see. And today I want to finish it up by dealing with the message that is called Dealing with the Noise of Life. Life is full of noise that can drown out the voice of God. God is continually communicating with us. The question is, do we hear him? Sometimes it's hard to hear him over all of the noise. Our struggle is to recognize and deal with the noise of life so that we can filter out the noise and tune in to God's voice. So I want to share with you this morning just a few of the most common noises that compete with God's voice and then I'll end up how to deal with them. The first noise that we have to deal with is the noise of our sin nature or the noise of self. I have looked in the mirror and seen the enemy. How many of you can say that from time to time? You know, we derail our lives a lot more than the devil does. Sometimes the devil gets a bad rap because we blame everything on him. And if we don't blame him, we blame God. Where many times it's neither one of them, it's just us. Paul agrees with me. Let me try this side over here. <laughs> Many times our problems are just us. Okay, I'm going to come back over here, Paul. <laughs> Many times our problems us. Absolutely. <laughs> Look at Romans chapter 7, verses 15 through 20. Now remember, this is the Apostle Paul writing. And I... I think most of us can um, understand where he's coming from. He says, For what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I will to do, that I do not practice. And what I hate, that I do. If then I do what I will not to do, I agree with the law that it is good. But now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, 
Nothing good dwells, for to will is present with me, but how to perform what is good I do not find. For the good that I will do, I do not do, but the evil that I will not to do, that I practice. Now if I do what I will not to do, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. That's kind of a confusing passage, but let me break it down real quick. I mess up from time to time. That's, that's the bottom line, okay? He says, I know what I'm supposed to do. I read it in the Bible, and I want to do it, but there's just something in this old flesh, this old sin nature that... If I'm not close to God and if I don't keep it under subjection all the time, I fall back into that old way or that old habit. We'll talk about later that we need to rely on the power of the Holy Spirit that dwells within each one of us when we accept Jesus as our Savior to help us to do what God wants us to do. We cannot do it in our own strength but we can do it in the strength of God. So the first noise that we deal with is the inside. You've heard this illustration before, and I'll probably give it many more times. I know that I'm not supposed to eat the whole cake at one sitting. Am I the only one that knows that? (laughs) But it gets so lonely just sitting there on the counter all by itself. Yeah. I was listening to a guy the other day, and he was really, really big. He was just over 200 kilos. And he says, people tell me all the time that I need to diet or I'm going to die of a heart attack. He said, I would hate to think that I die tonight of a heart attack knowing there's a piece of cake still on the counter that I could have eaten. (laughs) That's what we're talking about. Sometimes the flesh is weak. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak, and we need to make sure that we bring our flesh into subjection to God. The second one is the noise of the world. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect Will of God. See, the stuff that the world has to offer can be overwhelming. And it looks really good on the surface, but stuff always comes with strings attached. I remember some years ago we were in Bamberg, Germany on a military base and the guy that we were going to preach for in the chapel, he said, you know, there's not a lot of soldiers that worship here on Sunday, so we may have a small crowd. 
But it was amazing that on the way to the chapel, I saw a lot of young soldiers out worshiping. They were down on their knees in front of a bright, shiny car, waxing it. They just weren't worshiping the way we were going to worship in the chapel, but they were worshiping something. Every human being has a spot in their heart to worship. And we either worship God or we worship stuff. And let me tell you, the stuff you can't take with you. There's a saying where I come from in the States, the hearse does not have a trailer hitch attached to it. In other words, you can't take anything with you. You leave the same way you came, with nothing. Although they do dress us up when we die, when we're born, we're, we're undressed, but in death they do dress us up, but you can't take anything with you. Heard a story of a man that told his wife, I'm going to go to the bank, get all my money out, I'm going to put it in suitcases, and I'm going to put it in the attic. And when I die and go to heaven, I'm going to take it with me. So he did. After the funeral, the wife went and went up to the attic. And there were the suitcases full of money. She told her neighbor, I told him to put it in the basement. <laughs> You'll catch that one in a minute. It doesn't matter if you go to heaven or to the other place. If you're going to pass through the attic or the basement, you cannot take it with you. Store up treasures for yourself in heaven. Amen. The noise of the world. Many of us in this room today, this is one of the things we struggle with. The noise of our jobs. The noise of our profession sometimes speaks louder than the voice of God. The next one is the noise of tradition. Listen to what Jesus said in Mark 7, 9 to 13. And Jesus said to them, All too well do you reject the commandment of God that you may keep your tradition. For Moses said, honor your father and your mother, and he who curses father or mother, let him be put to death. But you say, if a man says to his father and mother, whatever profit you may have received from me is korban, or that is a gift to God, then you no longer let him do anything for his father or his mother making the word of God non-effective through your traditions which you have handed down. And many such things you do. There is a strong pull for you and I to conform through the traditions that we were raised with. The traditions of our culture. The traditions of our church. The traditions of our family and there is a strong pull to even compromise the word of God to line up with tradition 
what Jesus is talking about here is they had made a rule that if you take the money that you're supposed to use to take care of your parents and you give it to the church, then you no longer have an obligation to take care of your parents. And he said that tradition is against the commandment of God that commands us to take care and to honor our mothers and our fathers. That's a very extreme one. But all of us have traditions in our background. I've given you my testimony. My tradition was to be racist. That's the way I was taught until God delivered me. I don't know what tradition you wrestle with. Maybe it's the tradition that you should have a hymn book in front of you and not sing off the television. I don't know. Or maybe it's a tradition that you should be dressed in a suit and nobody should come to church in shorts and a t-shirt. I don't know. Those are things that are extra biblical that sometimes we make them more important than the word of God and we are bound by our traditions more than by scripture. The next one is the noise of fear. 1 Kings chapter 19 verses 1 to 3. 1 Kings 19, 1 through 3. And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, also how he had executed all the prophets with the sword. And then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, he arose and he ran from his, for his life and went to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. The background of this story is Elijah has just confronted 400 prophets of Baal. Let's see whose God is really God. Let's build an altar, let's put the sacrifice on it, and we will call fire down from heaven. And whichever God answers by fire is the real God. So the prophets of Baal, they do their offering, they pray, they chant, they do all of their stuff, everything that they can do and nothing happens. Elijah starts taunting them, oh, maybe your God's asleep, maybe he's gone to the bathroom, you know, maybe your God, and so nothing happens. So it comes Elijah's time, and so he builds his altar and puts the sacrifice on it, and then he has them bring water, and he pours water, and water soaks and water logs the entire sacrifice the wood builds and digs a ditch around it, fills the ditch up. The whole thing is full of water. And he simply prays and fire comes down from heaven, consumes the sacrifice, consumes 
Okay. There we go. Sorry. I, I kicked the cable. Consumed the sacrifice. Consumed all the water. Even consumed the dirt around where the sacrifice was. And then Elijah proceeds to kill all of the prophets of Baal. He has just had this tremendous miracle of God showing up by fire and proving that he is God. And then he gets a letter from the king's wife. It says, watch out, Elijah. If you're not dead by this time tomorrow, the gods will do worse to me than he did to them. And he arises and runs in fear for his life. See, fear is irrational and causes you to do things that are out of character. Fear is irrational. Sometimes fear grips us and we do things that are not logical. They're not rational. They make no sense. But because we are gripped by fear, we don't know anything else. Matthew 10, 28 tells us, Do not fear man, because all he can do is destroy your body. But rather fear God, who can destroy both our soul and our body in hell. God has not given us a spirit of fear. Fear can do some strange things to you. Remember walking down a little sand path in Kenya. Grass about this high on both sides. The path is just wide enough for a little motorcycle to go down and I'm walking down this path having a good time. Everything's going great. And in front of me, I see something. And it was a cat track about that big. And he was going the same way I was going. And something inside my heart started beating faster. All I saw was the track. I never saw the lion. I never heard the lion. But I saw the track and my heart starts beating. And I start walking a little faster. And then I realize that's stupid. He's going the same way you are. Don't catch up with him. So then I stop and then I go, well, that's not very smart because he may smell me and come back for me. And so I just started walking. And as I was walking, I could... I, I know I heard it. I know that I know that I know that I heard the lion's breath right off the track in the grass to where I couldn't see him, but I knew he was there. And, you know, well, I never did see him. Nothing ever happened. But that fear totally made me forget that God was with me because I was on the way to preach the gospel at this next village. And if God wanted me to be there, God would be with me. But just 
the sight of that print, irrationally, my call went out the window. You're at work, and you see a guy coming down the hall, handing letters out in cubicles. Is that my letter of dismissal? What are they doing? You know, and your heart just starts pounding, and they get to you, and they hand you the envelope, and you just, you're so afraid you can't open it. And when you do, it's a bonus check. But the irrational fear makes you think the worst and forget about God. And then the last one is the voice of distraction. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago in Luke chapter 10, verses 38 to 42. Now it happened as they went that he, being Jesus, entered into a certain village... And a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you were worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen that good part which not, will not be taken away from her. We are surrounded by distractions on every side. See, Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening to his word. And as we shared a couple of weeks ago, Martha had a desire to sit at the feet of Jesus and listen to his word. But she was so taken up with tradition that here is a guest in my house and I must take care of him that she wasn't able to come and sit at his feet and hear his word. Sometimes we get so busy serving Jesus that we forget to listen to Jesus. We forget to take time to sit at his feet. We get distracted. We even carry our distractions in our pockets or our purses 24-7. Anybody know what distractions I'm talking about? They beat all the time. Amen. We tend to like the distractions because they make us feel needed and important. Let me ask you, how many of those people that are your friends on Facebook would come out at 2 o'clock in the morning when you're broke down on the side of the road and help you? 
probably very few, yet we call them friends. Amen? So how do we deal with the noise? We are all faced with different noises from time to time. From the time we get up in the morning till we go to bed at night. The question is, how do we deal with these noises? Number one, we sang the song and we're going to sing it at the end, Be Still. Be still before the Lord. Silence can be wonderful. But I know some of you, if there's silence, you get nervous. When you're in the car, the radio has to be on. Or when as soon as you get home, the TV has to be on. You need noise in the background all the time because silence makes you nervous. But silence can be golden. Psalm 46.10, be still and know that I am God. And I will be exalted among the nations and I will be exalted in the earth. Here's a quote I read studying this by Kelly Needham. It says, silence is seeking or ceasing from speaking. Silence is a fasting from activity. I like that definition of silence. Fasting from activity. We need to be still. We need to be quiet. And she goes on to say, it's just like any other fast. The goal is to grow closer to God. So I want to encourage you. I've done this for the last couple of weeks. Take some time and turn off all the gadgets and just spend time in God's presence. I was sharing some of this in Africa and I was talking about, you know, turn off all of your notifications and things while you're spending time with God. And my West Africa director said, oh, it's much simpler than that. There's a thing on your phone called airplane mode that automatically turns all of that off. He said, when you want to spend time alone with God, just put it on airplane mode. So I thought that was good advice. How many of you know there is an airplane mode on your phone? And how many of you know that the earth will not um, blow apart? God won't fall off the throne if you're not connected to your phone 24-7. Amen? Hallelujah. Ask God to help you stop all of the unnecessary activity in your life to give you time to spend with Him and really get to know Him. A lot of times we have things in our life that is just busy work. Just to keep us busy. When my wife and I are in the States, we drive from Louisiana where our home is to where our daughter's home is in Missouri. It's about a 12 to 13 hour drive. And much of that time is in silence. No radio on. We'll talk t 
together from time to time, but much of that is just silence. It's a time to think. It's a time to pray. It's a time just to reflect on things of God. But too many times we're afraid of silence. I think sometimes we don't want the silence because we're afraid God will talk to us. And if God talks to us, then we are obligated to do what he tells us. Amen? So if we clutter our lives with all of this noise and we can't hear him, then we don't have to do what he wants us to do. So number one, be still. Number two, find a place free from noise. Matthew 6, 6. But you, when you pray... Go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. You read through the Gospels, Jesus was constantly getting away by himself to spend time with the Father to pray. I'm not going to read these. But you can find it in Matthew chapter 14 and 23. Mark chapter 135, Mark 646. Luke 516, Luke 612, Luke 918. All of them said, and Jesus came away to spend time alone with the Father. Or Jesus would pull himself away and go into the mountain Or Jesus spent all night alone with the Father. If Jesus needed to do that, how much more do you and I need to do that? If the Son of God needed to pull away from the crowds and pull away from the activities and spend time with His heavenly Father, you and I need to do it much more. So don't be afraid to shut off your devices. If you ever were at our house early in the morning when I'm doing my devotions, you will see that I have my earbuds in. I like the ones that completely close off your ear, that knock out all the noise. I don't have them plugged into anything. I just have them stuck in my ear. So I can't hear the cat knocking something off the counter or can't hear anything else. It's just dead silence. If you don't have some earbuds like that, get some earplugs. Amen? There's something wonderful about silence and hearing God. Get to a place where there is no noise. Number three. The way to deal with the noise, make sure you are tuned in to God. Make sure your radio dial is tuned in to the Heavenly Father. John 10, 27. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Jeremiah 29, 13. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. John 10, 4 through 5. 
And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger but will flee from him for they do not know the voice of the stranger. And I love this next verse, Isaiah 30, 21. Your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, This is the way, walk in it. Whenever you turn to the right hand or whenever you turn to the left hand, that voice of God is leading you and guiding you. We must spend time with him to where our ears are tuned to his voice. I remember you don't have this problem too much now because we have XM satellite radio where you can tune in and you can stay on the same channel all the way across the United States. But I remember when I was a kid, you'd tune into a radio station. It'd be really good. And then the farther away you got from the town or the transmitter, it would start getting scraggly. And then you'd have to tune, 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 tune till you could find another strong radio station. And then the farther away you got from that one, it would fade out. And you'd Sometimes the reason God's voice fades out is we're getting too far away from him. And we're having trouble picking up the signal. The closer we are to him, the better we can hear him. So make sure you stay close to God. Next, you need to understand that it is a spiritual battle. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God. For pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. The enemy of our soul does not want us hearing from God, so he will do whatever he can do to make our life so noisy that we don't hear God. But when you were saved... You were filled with the Spirit of God, and you have residing with you in you God's Spirit. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, we can overcome all of these distractions and all of these noises because we do not war after the flesh, but after the Spirit. And our weapons are mighty in God. The next thing, trust God. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and here's the hard part, and lean not on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will direct your path. Bottom line, 
Don't try to figure it out yourself. Put yourself in the hand of God and trust Him to take care of you. When you're not sure about your job situation, just put it in God's hand and trust Him. And then lastly, make it a priority. James 1, 19-22 So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. I have learned something about people. And I learned it about me because I happen to be a people. Okay? People only do what is a priority in their life. If it's not a priority, it probably will not get done. Set being and hearing from God as the top priority in your life. So let me ask you this question. What takes priority in your life? His book or Facebook? What takes priority in your life? Chatting with God or your friends on WhatsApp? What takes priority in your life? Being with God or being with your friends and hang out? What takes your priority? Seeing what God wants you to do from His Word? Or seeing what your friends are doing on Instagram. What takes priority in your life? Hearing from God or hearing what is trending on Twitter? I wish God had an app. That every time he wanted to talk to me, it would send a notification and it would ding on my phone. Maybe he would get our attention quicker. Now, I'm not getting on to you as much as I'm getting on to myself as well. Because I have a tendency when the notification goes off to look at it. I'm saying we need to be disciplined to where we are as quick to hear the word and the voice of God as we are to hear the notification on our phone. Some application as I'm closing. As you heard this message today, which noise stood out as the one you deal with the most? And which one doesn't bother you very much? And when you think about that, what changes do you need to make in your life to be able to get away with God?
What is your ear tuned to today?